0: Make me happy. Hello? Hello back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm
1: Sergio, your trusted co-host.
0: Yes, and this is the third week of December time. Is it the third week? Yes, it is.
1: What else have we recorded for December?
0: We did The Beguiled, yes, and we, we did Jigsaw.
1: Oh wow, we totally did that one too. Yep. That one was real quick though, wasn't it?
0: I, I feel like it was. No, The Beguiled was shorter, I think, because okay. we talked about... Some random stuff for a while. I think Thor for a hot minute. (laughs) We were just trying to find things to talk about. Or Stranger Things. I wanted Will Byers to get evacuated
1: from the building
0: of my life. Okay. Um, Anyway, so uh, this is the third week of 2017 month. We will be reviewing uh, David F. Sandberg's sequel, Annabelle Creation. But first, let's do some ten-word reviews of movies and or other media objects we consumed in the past couple times. That was a really vague
1: definition. What else are you
0: including in this? I might be reviewing a book.
1: Okay. Um, So, (laughs) uh, I'll start us off with Murder on the Orient Express. Michelle Pfeiffer's wig deserves its own Oscar. Uh,
0: I actually also mentioned the Oscars in mine. My review is will sweep the Oscars' most mediocreist category. (laughs) Mm. I enjoyed it. It's just whatever.
1: It was whatever. Um, Take me home tonight. Topher Grace graduates to the 80s.
0: My review of Take Me Home Tonight is Love Me Some Topher, but this character is a straight-up criminal. <laughs> well, he's a criminal we can love and gets away with everything because his dad's a cop. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's a white privilege movie <laughs> at its heart. Yeah. Um, so what is the third thing that you're reviewing? The third thing that I'm reviewing is the novel Final Girls by Riley Sager. Okay. And my review is Left Me Cold, But An Interesting, Unpredictable Tale of Survival.
1: Awesome. My next review is Rapture, Blister, Burn. It's a play. Oh,
0: okay. So uh, you can't get mad at me.
1: No, I can't. It's a play that deals with some horror They talk about horror movies quite a bit. Okay. And I'm just doing it because you got to do something special. So ha ha ha. Okay, sorry. Um,
0: we both read stuff. Mine uh, was
1: longer. It's so Rapture, Blister, Burn. It was a play <laughs> and it was fun.
0: Great. That's eight words. You have two more. What do you want to use them on?
1: Good job. Okay, great.
0: Go me. <laughs> you did it. I'm so proud. Uh-huh. Did you not want to let the world know that you watched Bachelorette?
1: Um, I just didn't care to write down a 10-word review of it. Oh, my God.
0: Anyway. We can so, do it next week. Sure. We probably won't have enough movies for next week because we haven't watched a ton of movies this month. We haven't. Anyway. Well. Yeah, we will. Most of the movies we've watched are movies for this podcast. Uh-huh. Here's the plot of Annabelle creation... Former toy maker Sam Mullins and his wife Esther are happy to welcome a nun and six orphaned girls into their California farmhouse. Years earlier, the couple's seven-year-old daughter Annabelle died in a tragic car accident. Terror soon strikes when one child sneaks into a forbidden room and finds a seemingly innocent doll that appears to have a life of its own. And first of all, seemingly innocent, my ass. Annabelle is the most unspeakably over-designed spooky, <laughs> evil, ugly doll in the world and nobody would want her. What ghost about, or not.
1: What about new Chucky? What do you mean? The new Chucky was really ugly looking too.
0: Yeah, but like, when he smiles he's at least like sort of like, okay you're at least just a regular doll that is creepy and not like a rotted out corpse of a doll from day one.
1: Well, though, like the old Okay, I give this movie or er, I'm gonna try and cut the doll some slack. Because I really feel like the doll um, can get away with the fact that it looks super old. So people can believe that dolls from super long ago really do look that terrible.
0: Yeah, but it was a new doll. Like, yes, it's an old-fashioned doll and it's from an old-fashioned design, but it should still be new. It shouldn't be freaking moldy and cracked and gross. When
1: we originally were introduced to the doll, though, which was some years ago, which was... Uh, in the movies timeline, in the eighties at some point, right or seventies,
0: like the eighteen
1: seventies, like, no nineteen seventies, because we were introduced to it in The Conjuring. That's
0: oh, we first saw oh. it. About. Oh. oh, okay. So, we saw so it I thought you, I thought you were on. saying that the opening sequence of this movie was in the seventies, and I was like, I don't think you know what the seventies are because that was clearly like polio era.
1: No, um, uh, we were introduced to it in The Conjuring, and also in the original Annabelle movie. Uh, and the doll looked. Did you almost old. say Amityville? I was, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> he <laughs> was like Amityville. And, 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 <laughs> um, and so it's understandable then that the doll looks super old. It's weird that it looks old now,
0: um, but yeah. No, because the second we watch him make the doll, Uh and it looks creepy and old then, Uh and it's supposed to be one of a hundred, and I'm like, excuse me, sir, you're not going to sell a hundred of these monstrosities, and also, how does he afford that house on a doll maker's salary? He lives in this enormous mansion that can fit six whole girls inside of it. Okay,
1: first off, we talked about this. Real estate outside of California is very much affordable. Yes, but it was in
0: California. It was like Grapes of Wrath territory.
1: We didn't know where it was set.
0: It's clearly California.
1: How is it clearly California? The, the temperate climate. They had a well with water in it. You can't find that anywhere in this state. <laughs> Maybe um, back in the day before we ate it all. Um, okay, so again, even okay. Even if this was California, this would have been California pre-rapid industrialization, well, not rapid industrialization, but pre-gross like gross population density. So property would have still been cheaper. Okay. Um, Properties in my neighborhood sold for ten grand when they were originally built in the early 1900s and now sell for like three quarters of a mil. So, you know, times change is what I'm saying. Okay. Second of all, the house itself is not really worth much. It's the land that it's built on. Which is a lot of land.
0: And it has a well.
1: We don't know how much land he has.
0: It seems like a lot. He had a whole giant sweeping field and he had an evil scarecrow shed that was like 90 miles away from the house.
1: My point is that the house itself was probably cheap to construct, and what cost more was the land.
0: Okay. Either
1: way, he seems to be of humble stock, is all I'm saying. He lives in a mansion! Oh my god, man. the house itself is not expensive, it's the land.
0: Wood's expensive? Have you ever bought wood? I don't, I'm sure it was cheaper then. Yeah, well, the money was worth less then, too. Or more. How does inflation work? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it really does depend on how you're using it.
0: Okay, anyway, as always, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality. <laughs> Weird-ass tangent. You let me go on. All right, cool, though. Um, what was your scariness score out of five Oh, uh, I gave it four. You gave it four out of five screams. Four, Why? and
1: I'm, like, you know, the only reason I didn't give it a five was because it's very generic. Uh, that is true. It's very
0: much of the James Wan cookie-cutter style.
1: Yeah, having said that, when I go see a James Wan movie in the theaters, I know I'm going to get scared. I know I'm going to jump, and I know I'm going to, like, maybe even scream a little bit. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So that's why I I like his movies. That's why they get such a high rating from me. Uh Average moviegoer
0: Joe. Sergio. Average moviegoer Sergio. Sergio, you've been knighted. Okay, cool. Thank you. Anyway, I I gave it three out of five screams, which I don't know if that's fair or not. Um, I was... Fair in what way? Do you think it's too high or too low? Too low. Okay. But... I, I'd I'd waver between a three and a four, and I feel pretty confident landing at a three, um, because this is very much a grab bag of James Wan scares that we have seen before, and it it should be noted he produced this movie, he didn't write or direct it or anything, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's got evil puppets, it's got a lot of his favorite things in it, um, and there's things like oh, there's a bedsheet ghost, there's a kids game that is reused later as a like evil mockery of childhood um there's scary old ladies he really is afraid of nuns um and what what's the other thing um, oh uh 50s music being utilized as spooky yeah. spookums um yeah it, it's very much james wan's conjuring movies are very much just like he takes all of the haunted house tropes and puts them in a bag and shakes them up and mm-hmm. just drops them into a movie and it's very effective he's very good at it
1: I wouldn't say drop them. I think there's a little bit more nuance than that. I okay. Think yeah. It's he, really well strategically placed. He knows the genre. He knows what works. He is the Puppet Master, and he is making an excellent show for us to watch.
0: Oh, God. I bet he's trying. he's been trying to remake Puppet Master for a decade. I can promise you that. Has he really? I'm sure he has.
1: That's just you. See, this is how rumors start, Brennan, okay? Some man on some blog is going to be listening to this somewhere, and because you worked in the industry, <laughs> he's going to write up a story about how James Wan has been trying to get that movie re- redone.
0: And then James Wan will get to follow his dreams, because some, like some producer will <laughs> read it and be like, like, that's a great idea. And James Wan is like, yes, finally, I've been telling you this whole time.
1: To be fair, I really do think James Wan has the gravitas to get anything done if he wanted to.
0: Yeah, but maybe it was tied up in the rights or something. Anyway, so... Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I got you there, didn't I? I,
0: Whatever, I'm just saying he likes puppets, an, an, a, like a grotesque amount, he likes puppets and dolls.
1: He does like puppets and dolls, and he also has made the box office to get anything done that he wants to.
0: He's our... Like, Jared. have a master. Or he's, he, he basically remade Amityville Dollhouse in this one.
1: Okay, okay. I'll give you that. Good job, brother.
0: Anyway, so... Um, I was worried that this one wasn't going to be as strong for me on a rewatch. Um, because we did watch this in the theaters a couple months ago when mm-hmm. it came out. Um, and I was right. Like, I was definitely not as engaged with it. I was a little bored during the dialogue sequences and that that happens when you've seen a movie before. I just didn't feel really engaged with anything, really. Um, The scares are still effective, but it just didn't work for me as much and I'm worried that's bringing my score down. Because not every movie has to be rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's just the roller coaster experience and then it's over and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like layered and yep, you can keep watching it like uh, Arrested Development and keep seeing something new every time. It doesn't have to be like that and this one just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm landing on a three.
1: Okay, that's fair. I do think you're being a little bit harsh, but
0: you acknowledge that and that's cool. Yeah, The Scarecrow is very scary. Mm-hmm. There uh, there are just a couple of things that are supposed to be scary that I found a little silly. Well, what? Like what? Like, what? The demon? We're going to spoil this movie, by the way. But yeah, um, no, the thing where the little girl's staring out the window and she turns around she's got a spooky CGI face and she's like, I want your soul. It's very very Evil Dead. Um, I thought that was freaky
1: as all get out.
0: Yeah, it, it just... I thought it was... It, I found it a little silly, and then there's a part where the little girl throws up into another little girl, which implies demonic possession. It, it just felt very Evil Dead, and like, we're going to be really gross, and it's kind of silly, okay. but it just played very seriously, and it kind of was jarring in that way okay. for me. This is one
1: of those times where the fact that you're a buff, a horror buff, yeah, and I'm average movie goer, Sergio... Uh, you know, we're just going to have some disconnect.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. And and what frightens us is very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't as scared of it as you were. Okay. Um, That's fair. You can be wrong. I can be. I I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Proudly. <laughs> Um, so what's your campiness score out of five perms?
1: It's going to be a quick, cat, a, a quick synopsis. Okay. It's going to be a one.
0: Okay. I gave it a two out of five perms.
1: What was campy about this?
0: Um, Except
1: for the fact that the doll was really just over the top.
0: Um, the main girl? Well, the the Lulu Wilson, who was also in Ouija 2, um, she's not the main girl
1: for the, for the
0: first 45 minutes, but then she becomes a protagonist.
1: She steals the show, quite literally. It's a real
0: psycho situation. Um, but yeah, she's a moron. Like, she makes the worst decisions. I know she is a child, but really... <laughs> Like, there's a part where um, she hears a rocking chair in Annabelle's locked room that's not, it's never been locked. Ghosts are weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, this ghost has powers over the house that don't make any sense. She stretches one hallway into a nightmare hallway, and it's like, what can't she do? Uh-huh. Women are doing everything now these days. <laughs> am I right? Anyway. Sh- oh, God. That was a terrible joke. I apologize to but but sh- everyone everywhere. Okay. So she looks through the keyhole, and she sees Annabelle rocking in the chair. And then she opens the door like a freaking idiot, and then the doll is gone, and oh no, spooky. But a lot of her decisions are completely unmotivated just to set up a scare, and I think she's a really stupid character, and it's kind of funny sometimes. Like, she's, there is a funny cutscene where she sees something scary, and then it cuts to her with with this little gun that shoots out a ball, Mm -hmm. um, that you like reel back in like a fishing line or whatever. Mm Um, and she's like trying to defend herself with the gun. It's like, oh, that's funny. But then she's just sitting there, and she's just randomly shooting out the ball into the hallway, just to like, I don't know, irk the ghost or something. And then the ghost catches the ball, and she is somehow surprised Surprise. that this happens. I, she's so dumb. Again, a child.
1: Yeah, that's
0: But a I lot of the home. a lot of the things that she does make no sense and they're just to set up scares which are good scares mm-hmm. but they're not they don't come organically out of her because I feel like she's constantly making really stupid decisions um I don't know I thought that was kind of funny and there's a part where she hits the doll with the ball and like the doll's head turns to look at her as if she's like really offended by it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm I was amused by that anyway what's your effect score um uh, four Tell me why. I want to hear your score first. I gave it a three out of five dollars.
1: Why so low?
0: There are two very, very good gore gags in this movie. Which were? Um, The guy's finger's breaking Mm -hmm. off of the crucifix as he's holding. Mm -hmm. And then the mom of the family, she gets like crucified against the wall. And and she's split in half. And it's really surprisingly gory for this film, which has otherwise been like a very classical ghost story. And then, uh, you know what? I think, once again, I'm not giving enough credit to the, like, low-budget, harrowing type of effects that create the Scarecrow or things like that. I'm mostly just thinking about gore, because, I don't know. You're so, a man of the times. Maybe. I, I just think the way I think of effects is clearly different from how you think of effects. Mm-hmm. But I also have to limit, limit myself by not thinking of, like, the ghost scenes as effects. So what, what was the biggest effect sequence for you? What did you like the most? What, um, what propelled it to a four? The demon. I uh, yeah. the demon was scary. Okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Okay, anything else? No, I just I thought the demon was scary.
0: What about it scared you?
1: The demon itself, Brennan. It had horns, <laughs> it busted out of things. Um, there was this one time where the mother was looking at the mirror. Well, she looked over her shoulder, she saw her daughter, and she looked at the mirror, she saw the demon, uh, that was freaky. Would you not be freaked out if you saw that?
0: I mean, I would be.
1: Re- revealing its true self.
0: Okay. I mean, I think maybe you are Catholic, so maybe that has more effect on you. Just because I have a soul. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for that.
0: <laughs> Nor should you. Um, anyway, what's your quality score? I guess I gave it a four. Great. Four why? Four out of five unlucky stars. Oh, thank you for actually saying that.
1: Well what because actually named the category this yeah, category. you
0: never do, and especially that one you kind of you don't yeah. like it Well, it's historically
1: poorly named um well, well yeah. you come up with something well again, like just to repeat the point I made earlier on it's a James Wand joint feature um I mean yeah, he didn't direct it this is all oh, David he, Sandberg
0: yeah David F Sandberg who did lights out um, He's this very is a, nice
1: this is all his doing his craft um, at work but they really do push the fact that this is one of James Wan's features, or it's in his wheelhouse, because they really push, oh, from the guys who brought you Insidious and the people who brought you the original Annabelle and so on and so forth. The Conjuring. Conjuring, yeah. Um, And so you know you're going to be in for a good time. Having said that, I think of all the wands esque films that I've seen, only two of them really stand out. It's like movies that... uh, have rewatchability to them and are consistently uh, just a good storyline.
0: What movies would those be?
1: That'd be the original *Insidious* and *Conjuring*.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
1: Um, and this movie—not that it's bad, just that it's not as good as those are. So the storyline th- isn't original. I've seen the story before.
0: Yeah. So, did you feel like I did in that, like, on rewatch, it was just a little weaker?
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: Like you, like it wasn't as re- it wasn't rewatchable.
1: No, I thought it was rewatchable. I just felt that it's largely forgettable.
0: Um, yeah, the, the, the plot isn't really there.
1: Because mm-hmm. I remember earlier on this post-summer, we were talking about, oh, was there any good summer horror that we saw? And right after I saw this movie, I was really scared about it, but I was just completely drawing the blank. And um, I feel like certain horror movies will leave an impact regardless of of time gone by.
0: Okay, it, it didn't stick with you. Yeah. Okay, no, I feel that because... Um... That, that is a a mark by which you can value a horror film. Like, some some of them are good in the moment, and some of them, like, really stick in your craw, and this was the first one, not the second one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's fine. Like, it doesn't have... Like, we've talked about it. it doesn't have to be the second thing. Yeah. But it's just not, and that's just not quite as interesting as some of his other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, the only thing I remembered about this like, going in again was the Scarecrow, which I thought was a really effective monster that was lost in the noise of the 80 other manifestations of this demon. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Annabelle lore is so confusing. I hate it so much. Because then... So basically, the little girl who had polio, she gets possessed by the demon, and then she's an evil little girl, and she kills people, and she can walk again. And then she gets adopted by people, and then 12 years later, it's the original Annabelle... And she kills them, and then she dies and finds the doll again, which has been empty since. So Annabelle, the doll, was evil, and then she wasn't, and then the demon that was in the girl finds the doll again and ends up in the doll. It makes no sense. It's really confusing, and mm-hmm. I, that explanation was confusing, but that's I was that was as accurate as I could make it.
1: Yeah, they truly... I'll give them some points for trying to make it like a, a loop.
0: You're trying a to tie it back into the original. Yeah,
1: um, but you're right because in the original Annabelle, it was the doll that like witnessed the murder and then it absorbed the evil through it. But then the question remains: How did the doll find its way back to the parents?
0: Yeah, no, it, it it makes no sense because the original Annabelle was supposed to be an origin story for Annabelle. But this one is a prequel to that origin story, Mm -hmm. so it's a separate origin story. So twice this doll has been in contact with the Mm -hmm. same demon, Mm -hmm. but in between times it was just a creepy doll, (laughs) and it just, it's nonsense, this attempt at franchise building, Uh and it's very frustrating.
1: Well, we're just going to warn the people at uh, Universal?
0: Uh, I think New Line made these ones. Oh.
1: Well, the people in touch with James Wan's people who are clearly listening to this um, do not fall into the paranormal activity
0: trap. Do yeah. Do not keep going back
1: in time. No, to that's set up a new mess. Movies. It's so
0: hard to follow. Yeah, and if you're if you're building lore into the past, it's really hard to justify why the characters aren't aware of this lore mm-hmm. from the first movie because mm-hmm. you did not write it so that this would be the way it was.
1: Yeah, and also you keep having to get bigger and badder every single movie, and then uh like chronologically speaking the most recent movie or uh well <laughs> the most recent thing that happened in history is actually the smallest in comparison to the big bad that happened way in the past yeah. which is technically the most recent movie because the sequels just keep getting older and farther in the back but also worser in size and scope
0: yeah exactly and like in the in the next one i don't need to see like this doll maker's parents like Somehow finding a demon. And, In the Civil War or yeah, something? Yeah, and then like they make an Annabelle doll that inspires him to make the next one. It's like, no. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody needs any more Annabelle movies. <laughs> We're also getting a nun movie from The Conjuring 2. And yep. maybe a Crooked Man movie, which is a terrible idea. We'll probably be getting a Scarecrow movie after this. You know what? I hope we do. Because that Scarecrow is creepy as hell. And there's not been a great Scarecrow movie. Dark Knight and Scarecrow is okay.
1: I have no frame of reference to the Scarecrow movies. Yeah. Other than Batman Begins, in which there was a Scarecrow. That
0: was a scary Scarecrow. Yeah,
1: I never finished that movie. Really? I fell asleep.
0: Okay, the ending when he releases the fear gas into the world is very, it's a spooky scene. That's something that stuck with me <laughs> more than this movie. But I don't want to end on a low note. Like, I'm giving it 3 out of 5 unlucky Lucky Stars. Um, I think it is a very solid uh, current horror release with some good scares, the, the franchise tie-in stuff is nonsense, but that has nothing to do with David Sandberg, who I think did a, a great job bringing mm-hmm. this movie to life. Um, it's very stylish and elegant, and like a very, like I said earlier, like a classical ghost story. Um, that's spooky, mm-hmm. and like, what more do you want, really? I could complain about the Annabelle chronology till the cows come home, but that's because the first movie was an epic mess, and this had to pretend that that was valid in some way. Um, I don't think the first one was that bad. It had Alfred Woodward in it. It did. The plot made no sense. The scares were pretty good, though. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing I would wish, uh, one thing I would want is that this movie has a lot of extraneous little girl characters. Because mm-hmm. there are six orphans, and we only really spent time with two. And then there's two older girls and two in between girls. And there's just too many. Like I think the polio epidemic should have claimed a couple more of those girls. Rude. And no, because it, it could be like the beguiled-esque, like the dregs of a orphanage that no longer really is what it was, and just needs to be taken up by this couple. Mm-hmm. And then it could be like three girls in the night. Then nun. you would
1: have been dealing with some really truly broken people.
0: That would be so interesting, though.
1: It'd be so dark to make little girls dark act that.
0: A little girl gets run over by a car real hard in this movie. Little girls are evil and sad in all of this whole thing. A little girl with a leg that doesn't work gets thrown out of her chair and smashed on the ground and has to be in a wheelchair cuz her legs just don't work anymore. This is a dark movie about little girls.
1: So you just think it should just go that extra step and get darker? Yes, absolutely.
0: To be the next sequel. Oh god. <laughs> just and then the nun shows up to give them polio or something. Yeah. Uh,
1: she brings pestilence with her. She's the fourth horseman of the apocalypse.
0: Yeah, Like, I gotta say, certain expanded universes, I am into. Like, I'm really interested in the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of every Marvel property, um, but I like the idea that there's the this giant pool of characters they can pull from mm-hmm. to, like, shoot into all their other movies, and it's in this universe where... Um, this story keeps progressing mm. as a character's age. And that's just something really interesting. It's like TV writ large into these giant action tentpole movies. Yeah. And that's really interesting. But also, if if you're interconnected in the way that these movies are interconnected, that is a pretty major flaw. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, do you have any last uh, words you want to say about Annabelle creation?
1: Um, I'm excited for the next one feature
0: we'll review. Yeah, sure. Um, what I want to say is that uh, David Sandberg, the director, he's on Instagram, and he made an Instagram video that is maybe my favorite thing about this movie. Um... You
1: were singing the song.
0: Oh, I was. Uh, he is Swedish. Uh, so, just so you know. That's fun. Um... He's a big fan of fish. He is. No, but so... His Instagram video is him at like a Best Buy or a Target or something. I think it's Walmart. Maybe it's a Walmart. Yeah, that makes more sense. But he's you're looking at he's just on the DVDs and he has his armful of Annabelle's and he's looking at like the Spider-Man Homecoming DVDs and the Planet of the Apes DVDs and he's just singing a little song as he puts Annabelle DVDs in front of all of them.
1: It's the theme song of Spider-Man. He's like
0: Annabelle, Annabelle. Uh, just like covering them all up and it's yeah. really hilarious and it's super good. It's one of my favorite things on the internet right now. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on. I would normally at this time tell you what we're watching next week but I'm not actually sure yet. Like
1: We'll find a way.
0: We will. I really want to watch Happy Death Day with you and talk about it but we're at a point where it's only in a couple theaters, and we might have to drive to West Covina, and I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So, um, just stay tuned. It might be a surprise for next week. Mm-hmm. But I really hope it's Happy Death Day, because I saw it, and he hasn't, and I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I too want to see what the big fuss is about. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan had a really decent, well, I don't think they decent, a really fantastic podcast, uh, where he interviewed the friend of the,
0: the The director, Chris Landon.
1: The friend director. Chris
0: Check me out. It's on Shockwaves.
1: Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've been intrigued enough to go see it. Just I haven't had really the time. And it doesn't seem like right now we have the, uh, the ability to. But we'll find um, a way.
0: Life, life finds a way, find a way, so will we. We will watch it eventually. I don't know if we're doing it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of podcasts, I should be on an episode of the Geek KO podcast again around the time that this one comes out. We're recording this episode a little in advance and also the Geek KO episode a little in advance, so I'm not really sure how they'll line up. Mm. But I will be on that show trivia the guys. I will be leading them in trivia about Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas, and Krampus. And that'll be really fun, and I'm excited about that. Um, so check that out. See if it's there. Uh, and until then, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You're breathing so heavy into the uh, microphone. yeah. Uh, it's
1: okay. It's just secretly a murder that's getting ready to stab
0: people. Yeah, The calls are coming from inside the podcast. Yeah. Um, you can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and review us. Uh, give us five stars and tell us if you like the show. I don't know. Tell us your favorite scary movie and we'll talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. We will. That's what we do. Yeah, we'll talk about you and we'll thank you because you are glorious. Uh, our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. And constant thanks to them because I love that song. I love them. I mm. love their contributions to the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, they're great. And until next time, good luck on your journey. Let's Stay old, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast. And we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. Bye.